Inspired by Proverbs 27:17, this is Sharpening Kingdom Leaders with ACSI President and CEO, Dr. Larry Taylor. Hear inspiring stories from Christian school leaders from around the world and be challenged to continue running the race to advance Christ-centered education. Hi everybody, I'm Josh Warden with ACSI. Welcome to episode three of Sharpening Kingdom Leaders, which is the first episode in a series highlighting some of our global voices. One of ACSI's unique features is our global footprint, and this series will focus on ACSI schools in the epicenter of top global areas of tension, war, rumblings of war. You can listen to these school leaders as they remain committed to their call to advance Christ-centered education. First up is Kylie Barker, she founded a school in northern Iraq, and so Dr. Larry Taylor sat down with her to discuss Hive Christian Academy's story and why she was motivated to travel across an ocean to provide access to and advance Christ-centered education. Kylie, I really enjoyed uh, listening to you this morning as you gave testimony here in Croatia at the International School Leaders Conference. The fact that you're in Iraq mm -hmm. uh, is really piqued my interest. Tell us a, a little bit how, how it started. I was really fascinated with uh, uh, just how the Lord uh, uh, laid it on your heart, how it started, and and give us that one-year update. Okay. Yeah, it was just over a year ago that we first started meeting to talk about the possibility of opening a school. Um, uh, our church community there has several kids in its care, thankfully. And we've been watching as other families in the region have started to leave um, because they didn't have a good educational opportunity for their kids. So as we started praying and thinking about that, God really aligned the hearts of several of us to have been thinking about it independently um, and then confirmed the forward motion as we all started talking about it together. So God really brought a team of people with unique skills to, to be the right kind of team we needed to be able to uh, get this rolling in, in less than a year. So we're about to finish our first full year of school. Uh, how many students do you have? Uh, we have 14 now. We started with 18. A few have emigrated during the year. So uh, we're going to finish strong with 14. The 14 and grades? We have from pre-K, our youngest are three, up to third grade. Third grade. And, you know, if you had to look three years, I know you're one year at a time, but three years, five years out, uh, what's the plan for the growth? Yeah, we would love to be a full K-12 school. Um, so our goal is in the next three to five years to get up to those high school levels. We're offering older uh, classes next year. We'll see if the interest is there, if we get the students. Okay. Um, so for now, we know we'll have up to fourth grade in the fall and then hopefully, oh. hopefully keep going beyond that. Okay. So you probably get this a lot. Uh, so you're in Iraq, mm -hmm. and I know many parts of the world, uh, you know, have a picture of Iraq and the uh, may maybe possible danger, mm -hmm. especially when you talk about a, a, a Christ-centered school. So talk to us about, you know, just, um, yeah, I mean, how is your Christian school viewed where you are and you know, are you are you in a dangerous area? Um, it's a complicated question. Uh, it really is. So personally, our family loves living in northern Iraq. We feel safe as a family. Our kids walk to the bakery in the corner store by themselves. So we enjoy being there. We are not facing a lot of pressures that we're watching um, family back in the States facing right now. So there's there's definite positives. 
Um, as Westerners, we don't feel um, that we're targeted for having a different faith background. Uh, that's not the same for all of our friends. There are some for whom trusting Christ is a risk. And so we acknowledge that. Um, our school currently is only accepting international families um, until we're able to get more permissions. We don't feel like the spotlight is on us for that reason right now. Uh, we've run into a few just neighborhood um, oppositions that we've faced as uh, we continue doing the work that we're doing. Having a school meeting at a building has drawn more attention. And we, you know, there's a lot of more noise and yeah. um, activity than there had been previously. So there have been people who've wondered what's going on. Some of them are positively curious wanting to send their children as well. And others, when they realize there's not something for their children right now, have been uh, trying to see if there's any trouble they can stir up for us. So uh, we, we feel um, open and safe. We enjoy being there, um, but we know that that's not the case for everybody. And so we're excited to be there, excited to use this opportunity that God has given us. Amen. Well, I know there's certain parts of Iraq, uh, as well as other uh, parts of the world where uh, it's probably not as safe, um, uh, mainly because of the uh, Christian uh, focus. Um, but it's good to hear that, that you feel safe. It still blesses me that the courage and uh, just the call that God has had on your life to even start this, which is really my next question. How? Uh, tell us how you ended up you ended up starting the school. I think if I'm completely honest, this is a dream that goes back to my elementary days of wanting to teach overseas and always playing school as a child and always just enjoying and loving everything related to education. Uh, so I pursued my degree in cross-cultural education. We taught in, I taught in Turkey for several years after we were married. Um, and then I've been pursuing various educational projects since then. Um, my husband and I also had done some educational projects for uh, children out of school because of the crisis in 2014 in Iraq. Um, so that was more of a humanitarian relief educational project. Uh, but this time when we moved back to Iraq, uh, more for my husband's work, uh, we took along four little kids with us and I desired for them to have a Christian education. So as I was doing that, we realized that there was a desire for that from several families in the area. So God had taken a lot of the desires and passions that he'd given me since I was very young and kind of pulled them all together in this opportunity to um, take those skills and gifts that he's given me and work together with a team of other like-minded believers and hopefully bless many more families through wow. that. Wow. What a blessing. All the way back to what grade did you say? Fit? First or second. Oh, wow. Wow. That is, uh, that's pretty special. When you think about the future, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about the future. What do you think your greatest needs will be? Uh, granted, let's say that your school continues to grow and it goes all the way up uh, to your vision and dream mm -hmm. uh, to high school. What, what do you think are your greatest, what will your greatest needs be? Mm -hmm. uh, there's a few on the different facets of running a school. Um, there are always the practical needs of finances and then actual students to join the student body. Uh, right now we're looking for teachers. But I think uh, a, a big need is the, the acceptance of our model, both with local families and then also with the local government, um, that we would get the approvals that we need, 
Um, but we're trying something that's very different from the educational system we see around us there. And I think convincing people that uh, caring for the whole child, their mind and their heart, um, mm. whether that's explicitly in a faith-based context or even just in a right. public education setting, I think convincing others that that matters and is it's good for the society as a whole, yeah. I think that that's going to be a need we have as we start um, becoming more known in the community and hopefully having more conversations with other educators in the community that they would, um, yeah, buy into the same vision of education that we have. You, you know, um, all over the world, and of course, I'm, uh, I live in the United States, uh, uh, non-traditional uh, delivery mm-hmm. of uh, education is, is growing. Mm-hmm. And w- walk us through your... N- non-traditional which i think my prediction is that it's going to become traditional mm-hmm. uh, everything that we call non-traditional today i think on the horizon will be traditional but take us through exactly your model of how you deliver uh christ-centered education all right we have we're calling it the hive model which works well since we're hive christian academy uh, we're combining hybrid and traditional five-day learning Um, together. So our students are required to attend three days a week, and we have our normal curriculum, our classes. Um, On Tuesdays and Thursdays, they have the option of staying home and doing a home assignment with their parents. Um, However, we know that at the same time, a lot of our parents are either working full-time or in full-time language learning. It's not, it doesn't work well for their schedules to actually uh, utilize the hybrid model. So we've made it optional for them to also come to school on those days. If the students come, they get small group, one-on-one mentoring with their teacher to do those assignments. And then in the afternoons, we've been able to do um, experiential learning or hands-on learning. We've done lots of different projects, um, exploring things at a different pace than the classroom allows. Uh, We've also been able to open those afternoon classes to homeschool families in the area. And um, we've even had one local family so far join for a few of those classes. So it's been um, an exciting way to take what we really care about and hopefully spread it beyond our little hive family. Um, but it's also just been fun. Our, one of our overarching goals is uh, that kids will delight in learning. And I think through this, we're seeing that really happen. Kids are enjoying being at school. They're asking questions. They're learning new things. So I love that. You know, I think the, I mean, I have five sons that have, you know, gone through um, Christian education and what you just said, the delight in learning and the power of, of a teacher, the power of an administrator uh, to create, you know, that culture that is truly a, a delight to learn. And that just, that blesses me so much to hear you say that. So uh, how are you, or do, the, do the students pay tuition? Yes, we are a tuition-based school. Um, we hope to continue building out a scholarship fund so that it, that's not a, that's not a barrier to education. Yeah. We want any family that desires Christian education to have access to it. Um, but for the longevity of the school, we are tuition based. Yeah, yeah. Do you? I mean, uh, you said that most of your students right now are the international, mm-hmm. uh, and so what's your vision to go beyond that mm-hmm. uh, to have some of the indigenous local what what's your vision so we uh, right now are only accepting international families uh, that have a passport that is not an iraqi passport Um, that meant this year we had a few iranian syrian american and european families who joined us Uh, we would love to see 
local Iraqi Christian families be able to join us as well. Um, right now, we are keeping our student body um, from Christian families that will sign our statement of faith and have a pastoral recommendation letter. Uh, but we would love to see the, the families who are there feel like there's a good reason to stay there um, and, and continue to be uh, a light in their own community. Yeah, that's so good. Well, obviously, I'm interested in ACSI. And is there anything that ACSI can do uh, for you, any of your um, staff, uh, parents, do anything? Is there anything that ACSI that we could do better? Um, uh, any need that you have that we could provide? Uh, ACSI has been a huge help. We joined last summer before we'd even started, and uh, it, yeah, Tim has been a huge help in answering questions along the way. The the board of com uh, the community of teachers on there that I've been able to pick their brains has been really helpful. We're looking forward, I think, to starting the accreditation process All in right. the next coming years. So, um, yeah, we are excited to have the direction and support of ACSI as we continue to build Hive into a sustainable school and one that mm. um, is meeting the expectations of a quality educational facility so that we can provide that documentation for our students and hopefully um, give them a good chance when they leave to go to a good college. So, yeah, ACSI has been a huge help to us already, and we're excited to continue on. Uh, good. Actually, Tim Schumann, our Division of uh, International, uh, has a passion. Mm -hmm. um, he lived it out mm -hmm. uh, in, uh, in his own professional life, and now he is replicating that passion mm -hmm. all over the world. So that, that blesses me to hear that. Um, one last question. If I interviewed one of your how many of your children attend the school? Hi. All four. All four. Mm -hmm. So if I interviewed one of them, what do you think they would say is the fa their favorite thing about the Hive School? Um, oh, they would all have different answers. I'm one of their teachers, so hopefully that would be that, his oh, answer. All right, all right. Um, I think that uh, this is something that I've tried to be really open. You can imagine there's been a lot of questions and stressors over the last year that they've observed. Um, I've tried to be really open with them and let them come along this process. I want them to look back and see it as a blessing that they walked along this road with us. So um, I think they would be excited to say that they feel um, like an instrumental part of helping to make this happen. Um, so I, I, I would hope that that would be one of their answers. They also just really enjoy the teachers and friends and the classes that we have together. So, You know, I... Um the school that I used to lead in Dallas, uh, Texas, uh, our portrait of a graduate started with uh, we, we want our aspiration for our students was that uh, they had five steps. I'm only going to tell you one. They would witness a, a daily from the faculty and staff and coaches, uh, followers of Christ that had an eternal perspective. And so when when I hear about your your four uh, children, and I know this is true for all the children that go to Hive, uh, what a blessing it is to see their mom, and I know it's mom and dad, but what a blessing it is to see their mom not just talking about uh, an eternal perspective, but living it out. And I just, uh, I just want to thank you for uh, blessing me blessing I, I think it's going to end up blessing uh, hundreds and thousands of people just your faith 
your um, work and just the eternal perspective, regardless of where we are in this world, um, kingdom education is desired, and it, it takes uh, people like you to uh, lean into the Lord and lean into uh, just just having the faith and the courage to do it. You obviously you're in a very unique uh, country, very unique situation, uh, but what a beautiful bright spot uh, that you can be the light of Jesus uh, in that in that uh, in that region of the world. So we're grateful for you and we'll be praying for you. Thank you. God bless. We hope you enjoy that conversation for episode three of Sharpening Kingdom Leaders, as well as the rest of the series highlighting some global voices. Today was Iraq. Upcoming episodes will include school leaders in Ukraine, in Russia, Indonesia, Taiwan, and more. Many of these places affected by war, or at least rumors of war, unrest, some sort of difficulty that's produced struggle, but also perseverance and some amazing stories. One of the takeaways from this episode was when Kylie was talking about her kids' favorite part of their school. She talked about the stressors, the difficulties her own students and kids realized from her school, but also how they saw the vision of what she was trying to put together and how they joined her in that effort, co-laborers with her in helping build a Christ-centered education. They're not just passively listening, but acting as co-laborers in the effort to advance Christ-centered education. And there's a universal trait of leadership here that Dr. Taylor would point out. Regardless of the location of your school is to always point the faculty, the students, the families to the mission of the school. Remind them of the transcendent cause and the purpose so that we all can join in that mission together and know where the school is headed. And there's some crossover here with the Student Leadership and Learning podcast with Emily Pygett. We hope that show and all four shows of the ACSI podcast have been helpful to you. You can tune into those wherever you're listening or watching right now. Our thanks again to Kylie Barker for joining us on this show. For all of us at ACSI, I'm Josh Warden. Thanks for tuning in. Sharpening Kingdom Leaders is a presentation of the Association of Christian Schools International, equipping Christian schools and educators to be stronger together. Learn more at acsi.org.